so much for coming. Amen. We so appreciate your presence here in this service tonight. Amen. We do have a special prayer request. Um, Sister Darla handed me this tonight. Tina Carpenter is uh, in the hospital with some kind of rare bacteria infection. And um, they have asked for prayer. So we want to pray for her. We also want to continue to pray for the Villa family in their time of loss and grief. And uh, in fact, while I'm thinking about it, let me just go ahead and announce it because I may forget. Um, when I spoke with Brother Dell the other day, he told me that uh, there were already plans to take care of the meal after the funeral. And then we got word this afternoon that whatever had happened in the plans fell apart. And uh, so uh, we have offered for them just to come back to the church here after the funeral. But that means this is a last minute notice and it's going to be very hard. I know for some of you to try to cook on this short of a notice, but my wife has offered to do all the cooking. If you want to help out, just maybe give a little offering to help purchase some of the food that she'll need. Uh, you can see her after service and she's going to try to fix uh, enough for the family. Uh, if there are some of you that could help out um, in cooking and preparing or being here at the church, uh, maybe being at the funeral and then coming back to the church. Uh, oh, they are eating there. I thought they were coming here. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. So they're eating at Wyandotte Tabernacle. Um, so we need the food either here by 1045 or if you could just, uh, as I said, give her the money tonight. And uh, we want to we wanna help this family in their time of loss and grief. And we want to continue to pray for them. Praise God. Amen. You have a special need. Why don't you slip your hand up? We're going to go to the Lord in prayer again tonight and ask him to meet these needs. Amen. Let's pray for the Devilla family. Let's pray for Tina Carpenter and pray for all the unspoken needs. Let's, let's talk to the Lord together right now. Jesus, we love you. Thank you, God, for your goodness. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you, God, for your mercy on us. Thank you that we can cast every care upon you, knowing that you care for us. I'm asking you, O oh Lord God, that you would reach down and touch Tina Carpenter. God, you see this situation. You're able to heal her body. And, Lord, we pray that you would do that, that you might receive the glory and the honor. I ask you would continue to comfort Sister Angela and her family. God, be with them. Lord, during this time of grief and loss, Lord Jesus, let them feel your arms wrapped around them. Lord, you saw the hands that were raised. You know the needs represented thereby. We ask you, God, to meet and supply those needs according to your riches and glory. We thank you now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, I am going to try to teach or preach whichever way this goes and um, I made mention Sunday night after some eight weeks of having been out of the pulpit because of surgery that I thought that I might just set up a little table and a chair and try to teach but I knew the closer it got to actually doing it I'd never be happy that way and I'll just take my chances tonight. Um, 
I, I may not be able physically at, at this point to push the way I'd like to. Uh, so I just say to you, church, I need you tonight. Preaching has never been intended to be a one-man show. Never has been. Unfortunately, there are some folks that have tried to make it that, both preachers and saints alike. But that's not the will of God. It's not the plan of God. God wants all of us to be involved in the delivery of His Word. Now, come on, you've got to do better than that if we're going to get anywhere tonight. Don't, please, please don't, don't make me feel like I've got to push to get a response. I, I'm going to do what I feel. And I can tell you that after eight weeks, there's a lot of things I'd like to say today. But it is, it's, it's just important to me that I tell you what I feel like God wants you to hear. And not just all the things that I'd like to say. And um, with that in mind, I want you to understand too that I may not be able. My wife said something about, was I ready for a two-hour sermon tonight? Um, and I can tell you right now, the answer to that question is No. Not that I'm not prepared to do it. It's that I don't think I'm physically able yet to do it. And I, I know that and understand that. So what I'm asking for, church, I'm asking for you to give your very best as I try to deliver what's on my heart tonight. And uh, please, I, I don't, as I said, don't make me have to really push to get a response. If... Um, if I don't raise my voice any more than I am right now, you should still be able to say amen and, and get the point of what I'm trying to say. Now, I, I know me, and I know that I've been preaching for 36 uh, years, and um, I feel pretty certain I won't make it through the whole night at this level of volume. I feel pretty certain. I don't want to have to, to do it because I feel like it's not getting where it needs to go. So will you help me tonight? Amen. I, I really, really need your help. I need your help. One of the things, one of the last things that I preached to this church, or the last message that I preached to this church before the surgery was don't drop the ball. And I expressed to you then how that I had, I had unfortunately, trained you to depend on me pushing and um, and you took that message and you received it well and responded to it and acted on it and many many services while I was gone you had good church but but can I tell you that since I've been back some of you have um, been waiting for me to push it again I'm not getting back into that I can't. And so I say, let's have good church. Let's have Holy Ghost church. Well, hallelujah. And, and to continue the analogy of not dropping the ball, can I say to you, the game's not over yet. 
Well, hallelujah. In fact, it won't really be over until the trumpet sounds. And so until then, would you continue to carry the ball? I really need you to do that. Amen. Amen. And I, I struggle tonight a little bit because I don't want to be misunderstood in what I'm saying. And um, I know that, especially in light of some of the things that we've heard of late, and, and it's all been right, and it's been in the perfect will of God, but it, in light of those things, when I begin to talk to you tonight, if we're not careful, we're, we'll make a wrong conclusion about what it is I'm trying to say. And so please, please bear with me, be patient with me tonight, help me tonight, and uh, I will give it my best if you'll give it your best. Praise God. I want to turn to just one verse of Scripture tonight, and, and I realize that some of these very verses have been used in messages in the last few weeks, and that's why I say it's going to be very easy for you to draw the wrong conclusion, and I don't want you to do that. I want you to hear me out tonight and understand what I'm trying to say. Galatians chapter 6, I want to read just one verse of Scripture, verse 9, Galatians 6 and verse 9, familiar verse, but let us hear what the apostle has said to the church at Galatia. He said, and let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season, I want to say in due season. For in due season, we, and what is the next word? We shall reap if we faint not. It's not grow weary in well-doing. For in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. Amen. And so I want tonight to talk to you from this simple thought of in due season. In due season. Praise God. Amen. W would you just join me one more time and pray? And, and would you offer a special prayer to the Lord for me tonight that I can do what I feel on my heart to do and that I'll have the strength uh, to be able to do it. W would, you, would you pray that prayer tonight? Let's talk to the Lord together, everyone. Jesus. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's just worship him for just a moment. Amen. Everybody, let's worship him. Let's worship him. Let's worship him. I love you, God. I love you, God. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 In due season. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1 says this. To everything there is a season. To every
everything. I want you to say everything. everything. To everything. Read. There is a season. There is a season. And a time to every. And a time. To every to purpose. Every purpose. Under the heaven. Under the heaven. There is a season. There is a time. For everything and every purpose. Do you see that in the scripture? Hallelujah. Amen. Well, praise God. Amen. In other words, in, in God's economy, everything has a due date. God does nothing haphazardly. God does nothing by accident. God doesn't stumble upon anything and say, Oh, you know, I really need to do this. But I'm telling you, God is a meticulous God. And God has a plan. And God has a due date, if you please. God has a season and a time for everything that he intends to do. Well, praise God. Now, now I, I want to talk to you tonight about uh, this verse of Scripture. That in due season we shall reap if we faint not. But, but here's my dilemma. After all that we've heard, last Thursday night was an excellent message. In fact, really two messages for both the missionary and for the merriman. And it was... It was an awesome, uh, compelling for us to get out and win the lost. And we need that. But can I say to you tonight that when I'm preaching to you about a harvest, I'm not talking about souls. I believe, as was preached last Thursday night, that it is harvest time. In fact, I believe that as long as we are in this church age, it will continue to be harvest time. I don't believe we're waiting on God. I believe God is waiting on us. I'm telling you, he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And yet they'll not come to repentance until they know they need to repent. And so I don't want you to misunderstand uh, my message tonight, what I'm dealing with is, I know that there are a number of you in this assembly that are going through dry times right now. Whether it is emotionally or financially or spiritually or in whatever way that it might be. And I want you to understand, amen, that there is a time appointed by God that you will receive everything God wants you to have. Amen. Let us not be weary in well-doing for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Hallelujah. One translation reads, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Well, hallelujah. Praise God. I believe there is a time that is set by God. 
in which he's going to open the windows of heaven for the faithful. Listen to me, it doesn't matter how long your dry spell's been going on. I am here tonight with a word from the Lord for you. I'm going to tell you, God's got a time. And God's got a season. And God's got a plan. But it's up to you to not grow weary. Now, again, the dilemma continues. Because I don't want you to get the impression that what we are supposed to do is sit around and twiddle our thumbs. Amen. And, and just sit back and say, all right, God, when the day arrives, it'll come. No, no, no. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58 says, Therefore, my beloved, Therefore, brethren, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast. Be steadfast. Unmovable. Unmovable. Always abounding All in right, the work of the Lord. All right, now look at this. Always doing what? Abounding. abounding in the work of the Lord. Abounding in the work of the Lord. Read. For as much For as, as you much know, as you your, know labor is not your labor is not in vain in the Lord. I'm telling you something. We cannot judge whether we're doing the right thing by how many results we're getting right at the moment. We can't judge whether or not we are doing the will of God based on how many blessings are flowing our way right at the moment. I'm here to tell you, we got to just keep on abounding in the work of the Lord. Our work, our labor is not in vain. So I, I want to give you two things that we have to do. If we're going to see the promises of God fulfilled, if we're going to see the blessings of God come upon our life, if we're going to reap based upon the seeds that we have sown, there are two things that I want to present to you tonight that we must do. First of all, let's turn to Ephesians chapter 6, verses 13 and 14. Ephesians 6, verses 13 and 14. Read. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand the evil day, and having done all to stand. All right, now stop right there. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Read. Stand therefore. Stand therefore. Having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, the first time that as a young convert, nearly 40 years ago, I heard this passage quoted that I can remember. There was a precious elderly saint, a godly woman, a woman that had a great impact on the church where I was attending. She was a praying woman, a woman that, that loved her Lord. But it was during a testimony service that she stood and said something to the effect that the Bible says, having done all to stand, we should just stand. And so I guess that that, that, that concept just kind of was embedded. 
embedded in my mind that, that what the apostle was telling us was that when we've mustered all of our strength, we've put forth all the effort we can put forth just to get up on our own two feet, that once we do that, we just stand there. God will take care of the rest. And that's not the way she interpreted it. But based on the way she quoted it, that's the idea I got. And, and I believe carried that concept with me for a long time. But, but I, I'm here to tell you that when I really got to looking into Ephesians 6, that, that's a misconception about what Paul was really telling us. He wasn't saying do all you can to just stand there. It, it was preached to us last week. God never condones standing idle. Now, now church, I'm, 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 I'm fighting with, with all these things I want to say, and I'm trying to keep it concise and to the point tonight. Hallelujah. But I'm going to tell you, God never condones a standing idol. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. But I'm going to tell you, it's easy for folks in the church to look around and say, well, I don't get to play the organ. I don't get to teach Sunday school. I don't get to whatever. Well, I want to tell you something. If you're doing nothing in the church, that's not an indictment against me. That's an indictment against you. You may not be doing what you want to do, but the question is, are you doing what you know God expects you to do? And God expects you to do more than just show up for church. I'm telling you, coming to church is the bare minimum. That's not anything to be commended for. That's not anything to be pat on the back about. Well, hallelujah. Now, I remember, I remember years ago when they used to give away the Sunday school pins. Anybody remember the Sunday school pins? No? Nobody? All right, well, I guess my wife and I are just older than everybody else. They used to give away Sunday school pins, you know, and perfect attendance. And, and well, they'd, they'd pin, pin them on your lapel, you know, and, and add each year until they get, you know, some of them got some, some of those elderly saints. You worried about them. Afraid they'd trip over the thing. But, but let me tell you something, and, and I, I'm, not, I'm not condemning that. I'm just saying, you know, really, we shouldn't expect to get a pin because we came to church. We, we shouldn't expect to get a certificate because we've been in church. We ought to just do that because we love God. Well, hallelujah. Now, now, now. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm trying to get back on target here. But, but let me tell you something. Folks say, well, I pray. That's, I don't have to be in church. I pray. Well, now, now hang on. When, when my wife and I were engaged, you know, that was before the days of cell phones and free long distance. And, and we lived about 100 and, between 150 and 200 miles apart. And... Um, as a, as a young college boy, I didn't have a whole lot of money. 
My parents didn't have a whole lot of money. I, I couldn't just pick up the phone and call her anytime I wanted, but I did call her as often as I could because I wanted to talk to her because I loved her. And I still do. In fact, I can tell you, I, there's probably not a time that she leaves the house that I don't end up calling her. I talk to her because I love her. But can I tell you that for all the phone calls and all the letters that I wrote, that was not enough. I wanted to be at her house. I wanted to go to where she would be there. I'm saying, thank God you pray. You need to pray. But Hebrews 10.25 tells us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. I want to come to his house because I love him. Well, hallelujah. It's another lesson for another day. My point tonight is this. If you're doing nothing more than coming to church, you're really not doing what God expects of you. God does not condone you standing idle. There's a work to be done. There are souls to be reached. There are things that must be accomplished. Well, hallelujah. I won't take the time to read it because I'm getting too sidetracked here, but Brother Merriman preached to us last week from Matthew chapter 20 and the story of the householder that went out and, and every hour or every few hours he was going back to find more laborers. Amen. And, and his question to them uh, in verse number 6 was, Why stand ye here idle all the day? Amen. Why? Why are you doing nothing? Why are you not involved in something? There's a work to be done and you ought to be busy. Well, hallelujah. You ought to be involved in the work of God somehow. And so when Paul said, having done all to stand, stand therefore, he wasn't saying just muster enough strength to get up on your own two feet and then do nothing. Well, let's look at those verses again. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 13 and 14. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. All right, now, now hang on. I want you to look at the punctuation. And I understand the punctuation was not in the original Greek, but, but the scholars who translated it from the Greek and put it into English for us knew enough about the language to know how best, in most cases... To, to punctuate the sentence so that we could get the idea of what was being said. And, and I want you to notice at what this says here. It doesn't say having done all to stand, comma, stand therefore. It says having done all, comma, to stand, period. Well, hallelujah. It's not that we do everything we can so we can stand. The idea is having done all. Having done everything you know you need to do. Then make your stand. Right. Well, hallelujah. 
Maybe you're not getting this. The word done, having done all. The word done means to work fully. The word all means every one of the things or absolutely all. The word stand means to abide, to continue, to stand still or to stand ready or prepared. So let me give you the Riggin revised version of this verse of scripture. It would say this, having fully completed everything that is absolutely essential, then stand prepared. Having fully completed absolutely everything, stand prepared. In other words, we're not mustering strength to stand. We're using God's strength to do all we know we need to do. We're getting ourselves ready for the battle, awaiting orders from our general. Well, hallelujah. In fact, if you don't think that's what he's saying, all we've got to do is look at this verse in its context. Let's back up. Start with verse 10. Ephesians 6 verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Mm -hmm. Put on the whole armor now, of God. Now look, be strong. Put on the armor of God. Yeah. What's the context here? We're in a battle. Right. He's not talking about sitting around doing nothing. There's a battle ensuing. Right. Read. That ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the, the devil. The enemy is attacking. Read. For we wrestle not against flesh and We're blood. We're not wrestling against flesh. Now, listen. The way some folks interpret those verses from Ephesians, they would just put a period after the word not and cut the rest of it out. For we wrestle not. <laughs> but that's not what he's saying. For we wrestle not against flesh and against blood. Flesh and blood. But against, but against principalities, against powers, against, powers, against the rulers, against the of, rulers the of the of darkness world, of this world, against spiritual, against spiritual wickedness, in, wickedness high places, in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the Wherefore, whole armor take of God, the whole armor of God that you may be able to, that withstand, you may be able in to withstand in the evil day. And having, done all, and having done everything I just told you to do, to stand. Stand. Read. Stand therefore, Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth, having the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet, your feet shot with the preparation, the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, take the shield, shield of faith, of faith ye where you can quench the, the fiery darts of the wicked. And the take, take the helmet of salvation, of salvation. take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watch there and Two, all with all perseverance and all supplication saints. for the saints. I'm telling you, he's letting us know there's a battle going on in the spirit world. It's not time to sit around and do nothing. It's not time to twiddle your thumbs. Get in there and do everything you know you can do. Obey the orders you've already received. And then, when you've done all, you've taken the shield of faith. 
the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness. You've got the sword of the Spirit. You've prepared yourself. You've done everything you've been commanded to do. If you've done all, then what do you do? Then you stand prepared. Amen. Which brings us to the second key to seeing the promises of God fulfilled. Now, I'm telling you, the first key is you've got to be doing what you know to do. Now, again, I didn't say you have to have done all you knew to do. I said you need to be doing all you know to do. There's a difference. Some folks say, well, I paid tithes a year ago, and I never got a blessing. Well, it's not about what you did. It's about what you're doing. It's about what you continue to do. Are you doing everything you know God wants you to do? And if the answer is yes, then what do we do? The second key is in, involved in this standing ready. Or let's put it this way. Isaiah 40 verse 31. But they that wait upon the but Lord. they that do what? Wait. Wait upon the Lord. Shall renew their They're going to renew their strength. They shall mount They're going to mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run, They'll and, not run be weary. and not be weary. And they shall walk, walk and, not faint. and not faint. Now, I'm going to tell you, in every one of these instances, amen, the word is shall. If you've done all you know to do and now you're just standing prepared, you just wait on God for the day is coming when you shall mount up with wings as eagles. You shall run and not be weary. You shall walk and not faint. It may not be today and it may not be tomorrow, but honey, you shall... Once you are prepared, once you are prepared, you've got to just wait on the Lord. Amen. You know, this command is repeated throughout the book of Psalms. Throughout the book of Psalms. Now, this next one is a little bit lengthy, but just follow with us here. Psalm 27, verses 1 through 14 read. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Sounds like the psalmist has got some problems in his life. When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to uh -huh. eat up my flesh, uh -huh. they stumbled and fell. Yeah, that, here, here come my enemies. But what happens to them? They stumble and fell. Read. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not my fear. My heart is not going to fear. Read. Though Though war should rise against Though me. Though a war should rise against in me. In this will I be confident. this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord. Uh -huh. That will I seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. All right, read. For in the time of trouble in he shall hide me. In the time of trouble he pavilion. shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret, in the of, his secret of his tabernacle shall he, me, shall he hide me. He shall set, he me, upon shall set me up upon a rock. And now shall my head be lifted up above mine enemies uh -huh. round about me. 
Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices, sacrifices of, joy. of joy. I will sing, yea, I'll I will sing, sing praises yea, unto I the Lord. I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, uh -huh. have mercy also upon me, and answer me. When thou saidst, seek my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me, put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help, leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. Uh -huh. When my father and my mother forsake Even me, Even my parents forsake me. Then the me, Lord will take but me But the up. Lord is not going to forsake me. Teach me thy way, O Lord. Everybody else may abandon me, but he's not going to abandon me. Right. Amen. Listen, I'm trying to preach some encouragement to somebody tonight. Amen. You came into this house thinking God had walked out on you. I'm here to tell you God is still right where he's always been. God hasn't given up on you. God hasn't walked out on you. God hasn't abandoned you. You may not be seeing his blessings yet, but even if your parents abandon you, God won't abandon you. God won't give it. If all your friends walk away, God's not going to walk away. Read. Teach me thy way, O Teach Lord, me your and way, lead me Lord. in a plain path lead me because in a plain of path. my enemies. Right? Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are, ri are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. All right, now, let's read verse 13. I had fainted. I had fainted. Unless I had unless to see the Listen goodness. to what he says. Things have gotten, now listen, he's been very positive through all this, but he's being extremely transparent in verse 13. You see this? Oh, he said, yeah, they're going to bring wars against me, but they'll fall there. You know, my enemy's going to stumble. Everything's, I, I, I'm going to be all right. But then it comes down and he gets real open and honest with us. Right. And he said, I'm going to tell you something. I would have fainted. Right. I would not be standing here singing praises last, uh, right now in, in this situation unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I'm going to tell you, he said, here's what kept me. It wasn't the fact that I didn't have any enemies. It wasn't the fact that I didn't have any problems. What kept me was I've got confidence in God that not just when I get to heaven, but right here in the land of the living, God will come through for me. I'm telling you, when you lose your hope that God is going to come through, friend, you've lost all hope. There is nothing else to hope in. Don't hope in a politician. Don't even hope in family or friends. Put your hope in God and hope to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I know what you're seeing right now may not look like the goodness of God. But you need to get some hope down in your heart. I may not be seeing it today. But when I wake up in the morning, I expect for it to be there. And if it's not there when I wake up in the morning, I, I, I'm going to look around this weekend and see if I can't find it there. I, I'm not going to give up hope. God has promised me that in due season I will reap if... If what? If what? He said, I had fainted. 
unless I believe to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. You want to know how you're going to faint not? You get a hold of a belief that somewhere down the road God is going to come through. God is going to bless you. God is going to meet your need. God is going to take care of those that have risen up against you. It may not be right now, but it's coming. And so he admits how he held on. And then he gives us this advice in verse 14. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. Be of good courage. And he shall strengthen, he thine, shall heart. strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say. Wait, I Lord. say on the Lord. Is anybody hearing this preacher tonight? I wish that I could preach it like I feel it. I wish I could deliver it the way that it is down inside of me tonight. I can't do it. But I want somebody to come to a realization, yea, a revelation. Amen. That things may not look good right now, but you just keep waiting on God. You just keep doing what you know is right. Don't give up hope. Don't abandon ship yet. You keep hanging on. You keep holding on. You keep waiting. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Wait. Wait. Oh, he repeats this. He repeats this. Psalm 37, verse 34. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. And keep his way. And keep his way. And he shall exalt now, now wait, you. Do you see this is the summation of what I've been preaching to you up to this point? There's two things here that he tells you to do. Wait on the Lord and keep his way. Having done all to stand. Hallelujah. Amen. That's what I'm preaching to you. You keep his way. Don't abandon his way. Don't grow discouraged in his way. Keep his way. And if you're doing that, then you just wait on the Lord. And what's he going to do? And he shall exalt, he thee, shall exalt thee to inherit, to inherit the, land. the land. When the wicked, when are, the cut wicked off, are cut off, you're going to get to lay eyes on it. You're going to get to see it if you'll keep his way and just wait on him. Hallelujah. The book of Proverbs. I didn't realize that stuck a proverb in here, but let's go ahead and read this one too. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 22. Say not thou, I will recompense evil, but wait on the Lord, and he shall save don't, thee. Don't get to the point you think I gotta take matters into my own hands. Come on now. I'm gonna have to deal with this. I'm gonna have to I'm just gonna No 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 no. You do what God has told you to do. And don't decide you're going to fix them. But do what? But wait on the Lord but and he shall save But wait on the Lord and he shall save thee. Hallelujah. Amen. Psalm 37 verse 9. For evildoers, For shall, evildoers be cut off. shall be cut off. But those that wait but upon those the Lord. those that wait upon the Lord. They shall they inherit shall, They shall. Shall is anybody hearing this tonight? They shall inherit the earth. Wait. And then finally, Psalm verse Psalm forty six and verse ten. Be still and know Be that I am God. Still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. Uh -huh. I will be exalted in the earth. Just be still and know. 
No. Just because you're in a bad situation, just because you don't understand what life has thrown at you, doesn't mean he has ceased to be God. You be still and know he's still God. And I'm telling you, as long as he's God, he can change things overnight. Well, I'm glad for the half a dozen of you that believe that. If you don't believe it, go home tonight and read the story of Joseph and find out how he, made, he turned a prisoner into the president. And he did it overnight. I'm telling you, it doesn't take God 50 years to fix it. It's just he's waiting on his season. He's waiting on his time. And he's waiting on you to see if you're willing to wait on him. Be not where I feel what I'm telling you. Be not weary in well doing, for in due season you shall, you shall, you shall, you shall reap if you faint not. Amen. Hallelujah. We must prepare ourselves by doing all that we know to do. Then we wait on the Lord to do what we cannot do. If we'll prepare and then wait patiently. I'm here to tell you tonight, the answer will come. Does anybody else believe that? I said, if you'll go ahead and prepare and then just patiently wait on God, the answer will come. Victory will come. Blessing will come. Deliverance will come. Read it again, Galatians 6 and 9. Read. And let us not be let weary us in well-doing. Well doing, somebody get what I'm preaching to you tonight. Somebody let God bury it in your heart. Let us not be weary in well doing. For in for due season, in due season in due, not today, not. not tonight, not tomorrow, but in due season, in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. We shall, we shall, we shall, we shall. If we faint not. If we faint not. Listen, God is a faithful God. And He takes care of His own. He takes care. Listen, Psalm 145, verses 14 to 20. The Lord upholdeth all that fall and raiseth up all those that be bowed down. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You didn't read that right. Surely that says the Lord upholds some that fall. That's not what it says. Anybody looking at your Bible right now? Does it say some in your Bible? The Lord upholdeth all that fall. And what? Raiseth up And raiseth all, up all some. All. Many. All. Most all raiseth up all, all those, those that be, that be bowed, bowed 
read. The eyes of all wait upon thee, and thou givest them their meat in thou due season. Thou givest them their meat in due season. Thou openest thine hand thou. and satisfiest the desire of every living thing. Oh, God, help me tonight. Thou openest thine hand and satisfiest the desire of every living thing. God is not tight-fisted. God, I know it looks like it right now. I know it looks like he's a stingy God right now. But I'm telling you, the scripture declares God opens his hand. And you know what's in his hand? Exactly what you need. Yes, it is. And he's going to feed you and he's going to take care of you. Read. Yes. The Lord is righteous in all his ways. He's and righteous holy in all his ways. In all his works. He's righteous. He's righteous in all his ways. And he's holy in all his works. Read. The Lord is nigh. The Lord unto is all them. The, whoa, whoa. The Lord is what? Nigh. I know you don't feel him. I know you don't see him. I know you don't hear him. But if we believe the word of God, we gotta understand. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. He's not a million miles away. He's nigh unto you right now. He's nigh unto all them that call upon him. To all that call upon him in truth. Well... He will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. He also he will hear their cry. He will hear their cry. And will save he them. He will save them. The Lord, the Lord preserveth, preserveth all them that love him. There's that word again. The Lord preserveth all them that love him but all the wicked but all will he the destroy. wicked will he destroy i'm telling you god will take care of you years years of being hated by his brethren Years of spending time as a slave. Now, now, now listen, I don't know how long Joseph was in Potiphar's house, but I don't think Potiphar just took a liking to him the first week and made him ruler over, over everything in seven days' time. He was there for a while. And then he's put in prison for something he didn't do, and for years he languished in the prison. So you say, but preacher, you don't know how long this has been going on. You don't know how long I've been going through this. I don't, I don't want to sound calloused, but I'm going to tell you, it doesn't matter how long as far as God's concerned. What is time to God? We live by this clock. We, we live by, by the watch on our wrist. We, we live by the clock on our cell phone or whatever it is you carry. We live by that. Our lives are driven by the clock. 
But the Bible says of the God we serve that He inhabits eternity. He inhabits eternity. How many clocks are there in eternity? How many calendars are there in eternity? God's not looking at the clock. God's not watching the calendar. It doesn't matter, Joseph, if it is years. It doesn't matter, Joseph, if it is decades. Doesn't matter to God. What mattered was Joseph did all he could do, and he waited on God will take care of you. Psalm 37, verses 23 to 26. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. He delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be Though utterly fall, cast down. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord, for upholdeth, the Lord him upholdeth him with his hand. I have been young. I have been young. And now I'm old. And now I am old. Yet have I not seen Yet have the I not forsaken, seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed, nor begging, his bread. seed begging bread. He is ever For merciful, he is ever merciful and lendeth, and, lendeth, and his seed, and his is, seed is blessed. Never, 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 never seen the righteous forsaken. Never seen his seed begging bread. Why? Because God takes care of his own. God takes care of his own. God takes care. Is anybody listening to me tonight? I'm telling you, in due season you shall reap. If, if, you faint not. If you faint not. And so first, you prepare. You do all you can do. All you know to do. And then you wait. You leave it in God's hands. And you trust Him to come through. Let me show you this in a passage of Scripture. Uh, James chapter 5, verses 7 and 8. Read be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the behold, precious fruit of the earth. Now, 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 look. Behold, that word husbandman is an old English word. It really means the farmer. Behold, the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth. And hath long patience for it. And has long for patience it. for it. Until he Until received the early, the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient. Be ye also, verse 8 says. Establish your heart. Patient, establish your hearts. For the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. For the coming nigh. of the Lord draweth Now, he said, in the same way that a farmer is patient, you need to be patient. In fact, another translation reads this way. Be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop and how patient he is for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. The farmer doesn't just sit in the ranch house and twiddle his thumbs. 
He plants the seed. First of all, he tills the ground. He plants the seed. He fertilizes the seed. He keeps the ground weeded. He, he takes care of it. And yet he knows there's only so much he can do. He does what he can. And then he leaves the rest to God. Hallelujah. And James said in the same way, that's how we need to be until the coming of the Lord. We need to be planting the seed. We need to be tilling the ground. We need to be fertilizing the seed. We need to be weeding. We need, we need to be doing everything we know to do. And then we need to understand we cannot force the results to come. I don't care how badly you want to do it. You can't put a seed in the ground and push a button called fast forward. plant that seed all you can do is try to take care of it and wait you don't just throw it in the ground and leave it there you, there's still some things to do but at the same time you know that before you're really going to have a solid crop it's just going to take some time and it's going to take the giver of life to cause the germination process to begin within that seed well hallelujah so what do we do we get out there and plant as many seeds as we can plant we give it the very best that we can give it we do the very best that we can do and then we just keep our faith in God that though we're not seeing a harvest based on what we've done we're not seeing it today and we may not see it tomorrow we may not see it next week, but we will see it. I'm preaching to you tonight. I'm preaching to you tonight. If we will, amen, do what we know to do, we will reap in God's time. We will reap. If you believe that, do you believe that tonight? Does anybody believe? I've just spent all this time trying to deliver my heart. I want to know, do you really believe what I'm telling you? Do you really believe God will come through? I'm telling you, you'll save yourself a whole lot of frustration. You'll save yourself a whole lot of grief if you'll just come to grips with the fact I may not be seeing the harvest right now, but I will. Be not weary. Be not weary. Let's everybody stand. Be not weary in well-doing. Because in due season. Due season. You know, it takes a while for one season to pass and another one to start. In fact, according to the calendar... Winter has been gone for some time now. But according to the thermometer, winter doesn't always know that. See, man is the one who determines what day 
would mark the beginning of a season. But there's a God in heaven who really controls the seasons. And God couldn't care less what day we stamp first day of spring on our calendar. We're not going to force God into warming things up if we print 10 billion calendars. So we can set all the time limits we want. God, it's got to happen by this date. It's got to happen by this time. It's got to happen by... It. And God knows whether it really does or not. God knows whether it really has to happen by that date or whether He's going to teach you some things waiting on Him until the season really comes about. Well, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your life is in His hands. Your times are in His hands. Consider the lilies of the field. Consider the sparrow. Are you not much more important to your heavenly Father than flowers and fowl? I know some of you are so beat down, you're saying, I don't know if I am or not. Well, let me answer the question for you. Yes, you are. God is much more concerned about taking care of you than he is any flower or any fowl. And I'm telling you, if you just do what you know is right and wait on God, God will come through and he will meet your needs. Let's lift our hands and thank him for that promise right there. Hallelujah. Teach me, Lord, teach me, Lord, to wait. Does anybody feel like praying that prayer tonight? Does anybody feel like just coming and talking to the Lord, whether you kneel or stand? Just, just saying, God, I, I don't want to give up. I don't want to lose hope. Help me to do what I know I need to do. And help me to just wait on you. They shall run, not be weary, walk and